Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The boyhood dream! find out how ugly mankind can really be myself and the click are gonna dance all over your face talk about your psalms talk about john 316 austin 316 says i just whipped your ass welcome everyone to the goldaholic classic raw review as the other cultaholic lads get themselves ready for Survivor Series. More games! More games! We are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean in boring games! Boring games! Of mid-1996. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell. I'm with the Mulligan to my O'Hare, uh, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. Happy days to you, Jackie Orlando. Hello. Slightly more compass mentors already. We're recording again on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Last one was it was that was a rough that was a rough viewing. <laughs> we're all involved. I'd, I had pizza and I was very sleepy and, and you were a bit sleepy and we were together yeah. a bit sleepy, weren't we? Yeah, whereas today I've had I've had a bit of fruit and some shortbread and you've not had pizza, so No, exactly. How many eggs have you had today though? I had two. Two eggs? Two eggs? Nice. Yeah. They were good this morning. Yeah. I like your style. Yeah. You mentioned shortbread. <clears throat> we'll come back to the eggs in a minute. You mentioned shortbread. I like the fact that um, you do what I do when you come into this office. And I, and I, and I, I normally, I'll normally have a little biscuit theft from the downstairs office because um, Jackie Orlando and I work in the upstairs called the Holocaust office. The better office. Um, the food, <laughs> there was a food and drink order arrive this week. Yeah. And we, so each floor gets its own food and drink provisions. Mm-hmm. But there's something quite ungovernable about coming to the downstairs office and sneaking a bit of their shortbread. Yeah. It, we, we both get the same stuff, equal amounts, but extra shortbread. But today, I also made a cup of tea mm. using one of their tea bags, one of their water, some of their water, mm. and one of their mugs. And that's one of our mugs. Oh, is it one of our mugs? Yeah, that they've oh. nicked. I'm taking, it. <laughs> I'm taking it back with us then. Imagine stealing something from our office, you bastards. Uh. I'll take it back with us. As yeah. we go, remind me as we go to take the mug back with us. She's praying her through the streets. <laughs> One of us! What? Liberated. <laughs> we'll do like a hostage negotiation, hostage trade with something of theirs from upstairs. Uh, Aiden. Aiden. No! <laughs> there was talk that the downstairs office wanted to take Aiden. They were tra- Did you hear this? I did. I was disgusted with this. 
So, so was Aiden. He was like, no fucking going down there. Yeah, I was, I was furious. Like people in the downstairs office here at Cultaholic trying to recruit Aiden Gibbons, who you heard on the WrestleMania 12 watch along, for the downstairs office saying, you'll do well here. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Because the thing is, and I said this to him, his humor would be diluted down here. Whereas yes. upstairs, like it'd be like he's, he's sort of top five in the league upstairs. <laughs> yeah. I think he'd, he'd, he'd be like bottom five down here. It's not even that down here are funnier. It's just that upstairs he's got a unique presence. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a better way of saying what I was trying to yeah. say. Yeah. 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 It would be. Yeah. He's more he's more of a unique presence. Whereas here he'd be in the shuffle with other similar presence. Yeah. Which would make it less unique. Exactly. It would just be diluted waters, like you said. Yeah. Well, talking of Aiden Gibbons, you were actually, you were doing work when the conversation came up. There was a Reddit post on which county in the UK is the hardest and would win in a fight. Oh, okay. And Aiden just went, which county has Whitby? Because they've got Dracula. And I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Aiden, Dracula, Dracula doesn't exist. (laughs) How dare you? He visited Whitby. Yeah, but (laughs) he also killed half of Whitby. So therefore in a big fight. (laughs) Surely, which, which which county houses Attila the Hun? <laughs> yeah, you're just like, I can't discount Dracula, though. I was like, you can, Aiden. Why, I don't, why did his head, when talking about, like, tough fight, tough fighters and hard people, why did his head go, Dracula? Because, like, obviously, <laughs> I find, Dracula's a, a threat that goes without saying. But why, like, when you're thinking, like, oh, I, want, I need to build a team of, of hard people to fight Dracula. <laughs> Dracula is inherently just always makes me laugh because it's like, even though the story of Dracula is fantastic, Dracula only terrifies people under the age of five. Like if you're five and under, you're just like the most terrifying thing you can think of is Dracula. <laughs> it's true, and it's got to the point now where, and when you're little, vampires don't exist. There's just Draculas. And then oh, I like it when people yeah. call them Draclia. So I refer to all vampires now as Draclias. Draclias. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've got to watch out in case Draclias come. <laughs> Out of interest, what was the general consensus at the end about which was the hardest character? There, there was a big discussion about it. We reckon if there was a big fight that Merseyside and Tyneside would pal up for a bit. Oh, do you reckon there'd be a, an unholy union? Well, that would of, be the thing. Of the sides. Because someone said Yorkshire, and I said no, because Yorkshire would be so laser-focused on Lancashire, and they'd batter each other in a war of attrition. Yeah. So you think that Tyneside and there, Merseyside... They'd do well, but I think it'd be one of the, the counties where, you know, like... There's, there's lots of, let's just say they keep it in the family. You know, they don't like outsiders. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you've got a tan, they're going to commit a hate crime on you. You know, there's there's horrible bits of England that are all just like cider-fueled. Sort of like the, the Cornwall, Devon and Cornwall sort of, yeah, sort of way. Yeah. They're very like, oh, yeah. you're not from round here. Yeah. And literally, when you, when, you do, when you do an impression of, you're not from round here, you do, yeah. you do an accent from that part of the world where uh, we're not from round. And they've got pirates as well. They've got pirates too. Yeah, pirates Pir- better than Draclia. Pirates versus Draclia. <laughs> um, so that, was, that, that film, you cowards. That was, that was my shout because they're all just like big burly farmers boys, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. I like that a lot. Speaking of big burly farmer boys, the email. <laughs> Classic. I'm going to steal your bit from last week of, of non sequiturs. Do it. <laughs> it, it, it. It's the only way you can move this show along. Classic at coldsarlic.com is the email address. Should you want to pop by and say hi, got a couple for us this week. Three, to be fair. Oh, before you get started, can I? Before you go. I just want to say a hello to fan of the show, Kyle Robinson, who sent us uh, a very lovely message this week just saying that he 
really oh. likes to do that. So thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl Robbins. Thank you very much. Ah, oh, well, yeah. did, you just, did you get like a little private massage? I did, yeah. Private oh. <laughs> body massage. <clears throat> private massage. <laughs> but it, I usually don't have my phone in here, and because I just ah. came from a coffee, it was with me. I was like, I can do that. Well, hello, Carl. Thank you for having yeah. us on. Uh, hello as well to uh, other friend of the show, uh, James from Milton Keynes, who says, Afternoon to the rambunctious Jackie Orlando and the exuberant Mr. Campbell. Hello. Last episode, you mentioned the story of a WWF staff member saying that no one would want a stone cold shirt. I feel you let that member of staff off lightly as Austin 316 is in fact the biggest selling wrestling shirt of all time with the NWO second. I think the, I think the trace of irony was lost on our friend James from Milton Keynes. <laughs> I think it was lost on Milton. I think we made a little joke about it, and I think we were a bit tongue-in-cheek there. Yeah. We were being very tongue-in-cheek there. Um, to fill this criteria, I was wondering, what are your favourite wrestling shirt designs? Keep up the great work. James and Milton Keynes. James Milton, Milton Keynes. Um, <laughs> That's always what I think of when I think of Milton Keynes. Is Marilyn, Marilyn Manson playing Milton Keynes? Yeah. Milton Keynes! <laughs> Satan's Levi. Um, what are your favourite wrestling t-shirts? Awesome 316 and NWO are both up there. I like them. The classic, they're clean. I, and I just just for, for just so you, if people are listening, I brought my cup of tea and I banged the microphone as I did so. Oh, exciting! Austin three sixteen. I've got a couple of wrestling sheds, but I don't wear them. They're just like lounge around the house ones. The ones that I would wear and my favorite of all time is the original Roddy Piper T-shirt with the panther head that I used oh, to wear. Oh yeah, because I'd just I'd just wear that. Yeah, white t-shirt just with like an airbrush, like 80s style panther. I really like that. And going deep cut, my favorite NWO t-shirt was the six one with the six ball on the back. Was that was that one of Scott Hall's ones? No, it was X-Pox, but Scott Hall used to wear it for his mate. So it had the green six ball on the back. I always, yeah, it is actually. I was going to say, I think it's six, but it is because I've got the figure and it comes with that shirt. And I right. thought, do I put it on the Scott Hall one? But yeah. That they, makes sense, doesn't it? If it is, yeah, if it's got to be, sorry, I'll turn my phone off now. But I, I did like, check a number. I like them and uh, the classic EC fucking W1, which I had back when I was a medium and I, I'm no longer a medium. No, he can't, he, can't, he, he can't speak to the dead anymore. <laughs> I, <laughs> those days are long gone. But I, try, I tried looking for one in my size now and I'm, oh. I'm not prepared to spend that. And yourself? Uh, I was a big fan back in the day of the Jericho Holly T-shirt. Mm. Quite like not the not the Jack Danielsy one, but it was like a Jericho. One of the first ones I bought was a Jericho Holly T-shirt, and had like little pictures of Chris Jericho along here. Yeah, really like that one. I think as years have gone on, I've quite liked the wrestling T-shirts that don't look like wrestling T-shirts. Yeah, you know, ones that you can kind of get away with just being like a fun little logo or a slogan for something. Mm-hmm. Um, like Sizzle Me Daddy Ass. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I've got a great, uh, and I don't wear it because it's a, it's a, it's a similar problem to you. It's a size that is quite frankly too small for me. And I hope one day to reach a weight where I can wear it. I've got a lovely sort of pastel blue Von Eric family T-shirt, Ooh. which I should really plan to get into the shape for to wear to the premiere mm. or, or every man cinema when I go and see it. Um, that's a favourite of mine because again it doesn't look like a wrestling t-shirt yeah. it just looks like a nice up classy t-shirt and then when people go a bit further they go oh it's a wrestling t-shirt it reminded me uh, the other day I was looking on eBay because after Jeff Jarrett joined AEW I was saying that I had a WCW Jeff Jarrett t-shirt when I was a kid yeah silver double J the silhouette with him on guitar <laughs> and me age 11 walking around with choke on that slap nuts written on the back <laughs> and mum was like I don't know what it means 
I was like, <laughs> I don't think neither, I wanted that. Neither did I at the time. <laughs> Your reaction on the day that Jeff Jarrett joined AEW, you walked into the office. I, okay, you, I, we explained this in the news video. You walked into the office. You Jeff Jarrett strutted into the office yeah. and just shouted to the entire room, anyone who doesn't like Jeff Jarrett, I'll fucking kick your head in. I set the mood for the day nicely. I love Jeff Jarrett. You are a massive Jeff Jarrett boy, aren't you? Yeah. You're one of the people who he drew a dime for. I think the tide is turning as well, because I think that um, a lot of the people, a lot of the pros nowadays grew up with Jeff Jarrett, and they study him because he's good at drawing heat, and he's got the Memphis punches, so his punches look phenomenal. Mm. And because people back in the day was like, oh, he, he doesn't swear and do all this stuff, he's a bit crap, but I think like, I'm not calling myself a student of the game. I just liked them when I was a kid, but students of the game are just like, watch Jeff Jarrett. He's really good. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, Craig McCulloch's been on the email. Thank you, Craig. Hello, Craig. Greetings, Tom and Jackie. Just thought I'd throw my two cents and five eggs into the discussion. <laughs> as much as I do love poached eggs, it can be a bit of a faff on, and I will still have fried eggs. Pour a splash of water in the pan and cover it and let the steam cook the whites on top. So not using a load of oil, but maintaining a runny yolk. Oh. I will put my eggs into a takeout carton, whisk it, then microwave it for two and a half to three minutes, turning it into a bit of bread slice shaped bit of egg of the scrambled variety. Then typically do two bits of toast and make a sandwich out of it. Flavors can be introduced. Uh, and sometimes I add hot sauce to the egg. Uh, also, I'll put my on my toast. Now, Alex does something similar. She does it. I think she, I think as a kid, she called it chucky egg. Yeah. Where you, you have like a, a ceramic bowl and you chuck a couple of eggs in it and you whack it in the microwave and you mm. make chucky egg. But I like the, the idea of getting a, a, a carton and having it fill the carton floor so it's shaped like a bit of bread it sounds delicious but the only umbrage i take is he says he poached eggs are too much of a fanny on that sounds like a lot of legwork that for a chucky egg i mean arguably it does sound like, <laughs> i mean i think once you get past the finding a bit of carton and just throwing them in yeah microwave done it's probably not as much of a fanny on as i think because with a with a porchy uh, you have to obviously stir it consistently. Mm. Mm. Uh, the timing of the egg drop is crucial. Mm. Anytime in or out of a certain window, you're fucked. Yeah, uh, I've, I've had a couple of crap ones this week. Yeah. yeah. What do you do when you get a crap poachy? I still eat it. Still eat it. Yeah. I'm, it's a bit, just, it just, is it a bit of a sadder day? I, I'm, like a, I'm like any good attacking midfielder. You know, I go through runs of form. Some, <laughs> sometimes I'll just go through like two weeks where they are well beaters. They look amazing, taste amazing, great consistency. Then they'll look and taste amazing, but the, the presentation's off. And then some will be a bit fucked and I've got to work my way out of it. Because in the morning, I'm feeding the cats. I'm putting away the dishes from last night that I've dried. Mm. I'm sorting myself out for the day, doing eggs and coffee and all that. So it's mm. that's why it doesn't feel as much of a fanny on because I just keep one eye on it while I do everything else. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. How are the cats, by the way? I've not touched uh, with them in a while. They're, they're all right. Louis, as usual, is hardware. <laughs> Uh, he's doing this thing now where he won't eat his biscuits because him and Poppy for a while were eating a bit of the dinners and then swapping. And then because Poppy's a little glutton, she started eating all of hers, swapping with Louie. Louie's got like three biscuits and she was eating all his. Bless. So he does that, but he goes and waits. So I have to pick him up and put him back in front of his biscuits. And he goes, yeah, nice one. And he eats a few and keeps doing it. So, so I've got a cat with an eating disorder. <laughs> and Poppy is, uh, she 
has a new place where she likes to sleep, which is on top of the spare couch in our office. So while I'm working, she's on top of the couch. Aww. But I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, not mentioned the cats for a while. And all the focus is on Louis. And the way I explained it to Sean is like, imagine if you had two kids and one's just won the Nobel Prize and one's just crashed his car into a wall. <laughs> and we're only talking about the one that's just crashed his car into a wall. It's pretty common. Yeah. <laughs> Poppy, yeah. Poppy's, a, they're both lovely cats, but Poppy's, she's my special, special little. She's your special little. She's my little kitten. She's not a kitten in any way, shape or form. She's a little chunk. Who steals food from what is essentially an idiot? <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, they're they're all right. Um, just just lovely. They nice. they were they were fine over bonfire night. There was no fuss and no kicking off. Just kind of cuddled them a bit. It's like it's all right. And they're like we're not bothered. Yeah, Pablo wasn't asked. No. he just sort of he he was very dismissive of the fireworks, like he is of me. Yeah, so that worked out quite well actually. Is we it? have we have a new thing with Pablo. It's a new thing he likes to do on an evening, and it's and it's been now every night for the past maybe two or three weeks. Uh, as we're going to bed, he'll know we're getting up and going to bed, and what he'll do is he'll sit by the the front door, like he wants to go out. So I'll open the front door, and sometimes he'll go out and go into the communal corridor, yeah. have a little wander up, and I'll sit with him for a bit, and he'll have a nice little adventure. Most nights, I'll open the door, he'll look out. And then I'll close the door, and he'll run into the living room. And and um, and I did this for a couple of times, and I, and I just and I've decided that it's him just like doing his checks before uh. before we, before like the end of his watch. So now what I do is every time I'll do that, and I'll shut the door, I'll just I'll go. I say out loud to myself, even if I'm on my own, perimeter secure. <laughs> and he'll as I'm saying it, he's wandering off into the front room. It just or it's a bit like how in Metal Gear Solid when the, the warning level goes down and you just hear, return to your positions. <laughs> so I think it's a bit of that. As I shut the, the moment I shut the door, he runs into the living room. Yeah. So I think it's just like a little perimeter check for him. Perimeter secure. Louis's been doing something kind of similar when Sean and I go to bed of an evening, not in the source of ages, literally going to bed. Mm. Um, he'll just lie outside in the hallway, just getting comfortable. He's like, come, come inside, mate. He's like, yeah. no, I'm all right here. Second the light goes off, he comes in and gets into his bed. Oh. So he's just like watching. He's just like, make sure Dracula is not coming. Yeah. Um, it's like a, he's, he's, he's like he wants to be the last one up. He's yeah. Like, now now I go to bed. Yeah. Now you're in bed. Now I can go to bed. Yeah. Uh, I read your lovely, lovely diddlers. <laughs> uh, so this is an email uh, that we read on the classic Smackdown review the other week. And obviously because, as, as we explained on the Smackdown review the other week, we're recording a few episodes ahead for the Raw review. And as I said to you, um, Elliot, a.k.a. former Nigerian QPR centre-back Danny Shitu. Ooh. The deep cut. I said we will visit this in a couple of weeks on the Raw review because time is a construct of human perception. So this was a wonderful message that was sent through uh, on the Smackdown review that is relevant to us as well, sir. I wanted to let you know that your dulcet tones, bulldog impressions, and many faces of Kane have kept my head above water and seen me through a very low period in my life where battling addiction and depression, I cannot possibly thank you enough. Now, my preamble is out of the way. I have a question for you. If you could fantasy book a five-match card between the Raw roster of 95 to 97 and the Smackdown roster of 2000 to 2002, who would you book and why? Thank you again for all the lovely, lovely content and the happiness and positivity you put out into the world. Thank you very much, Elliot. Number right. one. Okay. Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle. Oh! We didn't do that! That's great! Oh, yeah. That's great! Bret versus Kurt. 
Brett versus Kurt. Number two. He's in already. Sean versus Eddie. There was something, there was something <laughs> in um, Court Bowers latest podcast where he said they were going to book that. Yeah, and because someone had asked Sean after, I think it was after the Halloween Havoc media scrum or he was doing the rounds around then and they were like, did did you ever hear about it? And it was, I think, was it WrestleMania 20 something that they were planning it and Sean was like, oh, we would have both been up for it but the only problem is who would have done the job? I was like, oh, because Sean was nice guy, Sean, then. And Sean was like, he would have had no problem doing the job for Eddie. And Eddie would have been like, I've got no problem doing the job for Sean. Oh, sure. my God. It's <laughs> two men holding the door open for each other. After yeah. you. No, after you. Yeah. No, after you. Whereas if it was 96, Sean, he would have wiped his ass on the flags of Texas and Mexico. And, <laughs> and refused the job. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Sean himself from Texas, he's like, I'm not from El Paso, though. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> Oh, I haven't prepped Jackie for this at all, and you've already hit two home runs. Yeah. Um, okay, who else can we do? I mean, for the, for the comedy value, I chucked in the Godwins, and I think Matthew, in desperation, said Godwins versus Edge and Christian. But I will chuck Edge and Christian at you Yeah. from the SmackDown side of things. Uh, who, from Raw of this era, would you like to see Edge and Christian? 95 to 97. Yeah. Because um... it's quite thin on the old tag teamy front. In it. I tell you who could have a good 15-minute house show. Mm. Edge and Christian versus the Body Donners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'd have some fun, wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, I like that as well. Yeah. So we've got, what was it, two two more matches. Two more matches. Uh, I will present you with, uh, I, I want to see whether or not you, you'd go the same way that we do. So we had a, a tag match booked. Now, mm. the Raw side was the... Um, the the chaps with all the straps, the two dudes with attitudes, Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Right. Who would you put against them from sort of mid like two thousand two thousand and one SmackDown? From that sort of period, sort of think around Invasion time SmackDown. Test and Albert. Test and Albert. <laughs> was, were they around that you time? Kind. Well, they were both on the roster. Yeah, yeah, they count. They count. Who did you go for? Triple H and Steve Austin. Oh shit! The two-man power trip. Yeah. Versus the two dudes with attitudes. Two dudes versus two Ooh. men versus attitude and power. That'd be really good. That'd be a good time, wouldn't it? That'd be a good time. Um, in terms of stars from the from the SmackDown side of things, so we've mentioned Eddie Guerrero. Give me, give me another. Shooter, because I've got one in mind. Chris Benoit. Owen Hart. Oh, Benoit and Owen. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did we mention this for like like when we we did a similar cross streams email with Raw and Nitro and about sort of swapping talent back and forth? And I'm sure that we mentioned about Owen Hart. We did moving to to Nitro to yeah. have bangers with Benoit. Yeah, because we said you could have had Owen with the world title on Nitro talking to Brett through the camera oh. saying, "Get that big brother." Basically, um, my answer there is it's just that Brett versus Angle is two of my top five. Yeah. So we'd have to, an actual legit dream match with mine. So we've got four. Let's have one. Let's well, we had, the, we had the tag match as well. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah, we're good. there we go. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There yeah. you go. There's some lovely crack. There's some crackers there. Thank you, Danny Shitu. Thank you, Danny Shitu. <laughs> You're certainly not a shiss emailer. And we appreciate your support. Thank you, friend. Right. Uh, so here we are. Uh, we find ourselves on May the 13th, 1996. The number one movie in the US is Twister. Never saw it. Have you not? You it's, know what it's about, though, don't you? 
It's about the popular board game by MB. It is indeed, yes. Yeah. Starring Helen Hunt with hilarious results. Uh, it's the it's this movie starring Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, uh, and co. as a group of amateur but spirited storm chasers trying to deploy a tornado research device during a severe twister in Oklahoma. Uh, it was uh, it it, be, it broke Lethal Weapon 3's record for the highest weekend debut in May. Mm. Uh, 33.2 million it got on its first weekend, and it became a ride at Universal Studios. And it's got Bill Paxton there, so and Bill Paxton's in it. Sold. He's great. Number one movie in the UK is Executive Decision, starring uh, uh, Steven Seagal, Kurt Russell, Halle Berry, John Leguizamo, and uh, it depicts the rescue of an airline airliner hijacked by terrorists by a small team placed on the plane mid-flight. And only one man can stop it. So of course, Steven. Steven Seagal. <laughs> He and is, Kurt uh, Russell. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I love Kurt they're Russell. They're going to argue. No, no, neither of them are putting each other over, are they? No, no not no. at all. Uh, number one single in the UK is George Michael Fastlove. Fantastic. Hanging in there for yeah. one more week. Yeah, absolutely. And Mariah Carey, Always Be My Baby, number one in the US. It's her last week in number one. I was going to say, I don't feel that she's going to have a dominant run. No, it's a short It's a short second title reign here. Yeah. Uh, beaten next week. Um, it's, it's, it's a good, actually, it's a song that I completely forgot about until I read about it. And then I went, how did I forget about this? It's brilliant. Okay. I'll tell you next week. It's George Michael Fastlove. It's not George Michael Fastlove. Rats. OJ Simpson has begun his <laughs> tour of the UK. Talking to rats. <laughs> yeah. Talking to rats. Talking to rats. OJ Simpson. Uh, he's in the UK. Uh, he's seeking uh, some some PR guidance from Max Clifford. Uh, <laughs> bye! <laughs> Max Clifford. <laughs> what a team they are. That's the biggest heel tag team you've ever heard of. That's awful. It's grim, isn't it? It's grim. Uh, he's any day now expected to do a, an interview on UK television in hopes to kind of clear his name. Why don't I know of this? I tried to now. Now, I think we'll know more next week. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but we'll dip back into the OJ Simpson yeah. UK tour next week. Uh, so <laughs> it's not like the time that you said, I didn't kill people, but if I were to do it, this is how I would have done it. I think that was later on. Yeah. I, I know there was, I can't remember if the, the glove thing had happened by this point. Because that was in the trial. That was in the trial, yeah. right. In that case, if the glove don't happened. fit, you must acquit. Yeah, if the dove, dove if the dove don't, if the dove from above, if the dove from the above doesn't come round, then therefore I didn't do a murder. That famous phrase from yeah. O.J. Simpson trial. What's happening in wrestling though? There's Jackatkins. There's there's some. Oh, the, oh. you're not going to be happy. Why? From the Wrestling Observer newsletter dated May 20th, 1996. World Championship Wrestling announced on May 8th that it was expanded its Monday Nitro show to two hours oh. from 8 p.m. Eastern time, effective on May 27th. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Two hours. Two hours. I can't do it. One hour is terrible. <laughs> and then when you get used to two hours, it'll go oh. to three. Those oh, the, now the classic Nitro review, like like the Raw review and the SmackDown review, but um, is 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 the Tangent Warehouse, hmm. Discount Tangent Warehouse. Oh, Christ, they're going to go as long as the the Cutaholic podcast. <laughs> I swear to God. Now we're getting to two hours on Nitro. Christ. I'll have to think of some contingencies here. We're going to have to get you a hammock for when? <laughs> what, 98? Oh, God, when everything's three hours. Jeez. Yeah. I might just cancel my wedding. <laughs> Alex will understand. She'll be fine with it. Sorry, Alex, I can't marry you because Nitra is about to go 400 hours. But at least by the time it goes two hours, there's only a couple of weeks before it gets really, really fucking good. I mean, there is that. <laughs> at least they're going to be a good two hours in a bit. 
So, Dave, he's, he's written a lot here. I should have highlighted this, but I was eating a delicious sandwich. <laughs> 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 Eating a sandwich and listening to Tom interview Garth Marenghi. He's like, I'm sure I've got some work to do. It was an egg. It was an egg. It was an egg. I was eating a delicious sandwich. What was in the sandwich out of interest? It was on the Tesco Christmas ones. Because usually on a Friday, we do pizza. But Aiden Gibbons had pizza on Tuesday and threw the whole office off. So I had to go to Tesco. You can have him downstairs. (laughs) So it's like a turkey stuff and cranberry thing. You know, for a Tesco sandwich, delicious. Delicious. If if you served a Tubi in a shop, I'd be like, "Eh." get out of my house. So Dave goes on basically saying, the WCW have been talking for a while about expanding it. Uh, they wasn't expected the second hour to come in until the beginning of the fall television season in late August or early September. The decision to do so virtually immediately, the week, first week after TNT's commitments to the NBA playoffs are over, no doubt came as a response to the May 6th television ra- ratings where Nitro in a 7 p.m. time slot drew a 1.9 rating as compared to Raw at 9 which had 4.1, second highest rating in history. Wow. We don't usually go on about ratings on this one because it's one of them, innit? We should do, really. I should get back yeah. into bringing... I might bring them back next week. Yeah, but it's I one of those, like... I, I, Despite working in wrestling media, I don't really know what the ratings mean. I just know the bigger numbers better. It's, <laughs> the, I mean, the ratings aren't massively accurate. Yeah. Which is a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, because they're based on, I think they're still based on the Nielsen system, aren't they? Yeah. Where it's like households, one household represents like 30,000 or something. Yeah. Like, radio uses Rajar, and it's a very outdated system. Rajar. Where they're like paper diaries that you mm. fill in, and it's just, and it's a system that everyone complains about and is wholly inaccurate. And if you're feeling lazy, you won't put in what you're listening to. Mm. We had a, a, years ago, we had a practical exercise at the radio station I worked at where we were given a Rajar diary. I went, just feel like your radio used throughout the week. And I must admit, I got to the I got to the day I was about to hand it in. And I was like, oh God, I think I listened to that on that day, that on that day. And then I and then I told my boss that and he went, and this is why I got you to do it. This is what you're up against. People who do what you did. Yeah. Where they go, Oh, I think I listened to that, I think I listened to that. And that's what your livelihood is based on. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Which is why they which is why radio stations will say their station name multiple times. That's why it was always in, built in me. To say heart, heart, this is heart, this is heart, on heart, on heart, on heart. Fuck you, Ipsos Mori. Ipsos Mori, yeah. (laughs) Screw you, Ipsos Mori. Povich. Because I think at this time as well, with the ratings, obviously they're in competition, but it's such a massive swing. It's Mm. not until end of 96, 97, where they both are just creeping up like that, rather than one being there, one being there. Yeah. This is great audio, me saying one being there, one being there, gesticulating wildly. Rises one hand to the left, rises one hand to the right. Yes. Um, Alternates hands. But uh, it's a lot of Dave preamble saying, oh, you know, WCW (laughs) going to use this extra hour as a lead in. It'll give them more time to build up to stuff later on saying, hey, we've got this unopposed hour. The end of the night, Hulk Hogan's going to show his ass. (laughs) You're going to want to see Hulk Hogan's ass. (laughs) Coming up tonight, Hulk Hogan's going to show his ass. Hey, Tony, I can't believe Tony's going to show it. He's going to show his ass. <laughs> My hours. Like, and this is like the graphic is Hogan like, holding the top of his trousers, doing a little coquettish face. Like, ooh. 
Mongo and Pepe, and Pepe's wearing a fake ass on his head. Let me tell you, Daddy, the day that Hogan shows his ass, it's going to be the greatest night in wrestling, Daddy. It's coming up later. He got a bicycle. <laughs> he could park a bicycle. So, yeah. like I said, need somewhere to park my bicycle. He's talking to park of bicycles. Dave um, just <laughs> rambles on. Dave and parks the fucking bus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, sh- I should have highlighted because there's bits in here. But basically, he's thinking, oh, you know, two hours, it's quite long. But 1950s, that was the golden era of wrestling TV, but it's not then. You know, they're both doing okay, but will anyone really want two hours? Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. WWF news. Let's get to something more important. <laughs> the one, two, three kid isn't expected back until June. And I checked. You were right. Last week on the last episode is the last time we'll see Sean Waltman in a WWF ring. Thank you, and bye-bye. So that's that's the kid done. Wow. He's pagged, he's looking gaunt, he was looking a bit emaciated. Yeah. By a, wrestler standards. Yeah, there's a lot going on with him. Uh behind the scenes, he's not massively happy about being there. Yeah. Um, he just I think he feels a bit like overlooked and a bit worn down, a bit burnt out and yeah, he's just coming off the wheel for a bit and, and he'll pop up and make a silly amount of money in WCW and we'll go yeah. through all that journey again. Yeah. Spoiler. And he'll have a very good t-shirt. Spoiler. Mm. So, in good news for WWF, there was a show in Hamilton, Ontario on May 10th at the Cops Coliseum, which drew 11,515 paid for a $188,000 Canadian gate. Largest crowd for non-pay-per-view and non-MSG house show. Probably going back to the Jacques Rougeau retirement tour in late 94. Mm. It was the largest in the Toronto-Hamilton market date in back to 1990 WrestleMania. So, more impressive considering it was a B show as well, as most of the top draws were over in Kuwait. The main event was Ultimate Warrior vs. Vader. Um, Warrior pinned Warrior pin Vader all the weekend shows and what were reported to us as terrible matches. Oh. But a B show in Canada at this time, 11,000 drawn to it, and that's with no Bret Hart, with no n- Shawn Michaels, no Diesel, no Razor. That's like literally just on the power of the show, yeah. of, of the brand, isn't it? This is what something WWE always wanted to do, was it have that power of the brand. Yeah, because things, it seems like it's all been bubbling up. It's like, oh, WF are doing good live gates. We've been seeing in real time on Raw that the crowds are looking bigger and bigger and bigger, and that while we're still in the new generation era and they're not completely out of the deep end, they're, they're doing all right. They're, they're getting some form of momentum. There's something in there where even though it's not quite what it is, like there's obviously enough of a, a buzz around it. Yeah. So <laughs> business should be even stronger this coming weekend because on May 18th, WWF go to Madison Square Garden. <gasps> now, now, now. Madison Square Garden in May of 1996. Now, isn't that around the same time that Diesel and Razor Ramon's WWF deals are expiring? Well, according to Dave, the final matches of both Diesel and Razor Ramon in the WWF will take place out of this show. Oh, I'm sure that will go off fine and there'll be no long-term ramifications or repercussions. Not at all. No, there'll be no call. Of the curtain, right? Not at all. None at all. My hand is cramped up again. Oh, oh. I can't click my hands. Oh. 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 More on that <laughs> next week. How exciting. This is what I love about doing this mm. podcast. It's going back and see the little things that 
until they happen, seem like non-events. It's just like, oh, they're going to Madison Square Garden. Business should be good. And in hindsight, this show has its own fucking name. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's referred to. Uh, it's in the same. It's in the same. It's in the same Observer newsletter where they mention like Dwayne Johnson is expected to return, uh, go to the developmentals. WWF have high hopes for him. Yeah, like, <laughs> biggest so, star on the fucking planet. <laughs> talking of biggest stars on the planet, Tom Brandy, <laughs> Tracy Smothers, <laughs> G for Jail because the thug can't spell, <laughs> Stacy Porto brackets Alex Porto, and Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony and Bill Irwin were all signed on May the tenth. <laughs> Pub like, Porto's in the books. Yeah. But Bill Irwin. I'm not familiar with Bill Irwin. Wild Bill Irwin. Um, who was he? Wild Bill. He was Wild Bill. He's <laughs> he's a name that I know, and now that I've put myself on the spot, I've just completely forgotten who the fucker is. But they will first only be used at television to put guys over, but will probably be, probably be given new WWF names and gimmicks, and some television w- wins first to give them credibility so they can mean something in job into the bigger names. It's a way to have matches that aren't perceived as squashes on Raw, but not continually have guys like Helmsley do jobs. Uh, Smothers, Porto, and Anthony have all been longtime friends of Jim Cornette. So this makes sense to have like a lower mid card. Yes. Which they don't really have at the moment. No, no. So to have like a designated low mid car, which means you get less sort of random jobbers. Yeah, because you've got to have like a member of a tag team do the job to some other mm. bastard. So um, the only name that, that jumps out, obviously Tracy Smothers does, because Tracy Smothers is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Alex Porto, Pug Porto. I seem to think at this time, like looked like he could have easily just become a WWF star. Like, have a look at Alex Porto on your on your Hello device. I've just figured out who Bill Irwin is. Go on. I'm pretty sure. Let me just keep going. I'm this is gonna... great because people who know Bill Irwin will have been screaming internally for the last couple of minutes as we've gone, who's Bill Irwin? I'm pretty sure. And and, and now the, the penny's going to drop and we're all going to be on the same yeah, page together. The goon! It's the goon! The goon's coming in! Yeah, so Bill Owen's the goon. That's why I knew his name. I'll look at Pug Didn't Porto the goon now. come and go already? <laughs> uh, 96 to 97? Or I'm, not, I'm thinking of Abe Schwartz. Nate Abe Schwartz, which was uh, Brooklyn Brawler, wasn't mm, it? I don't think the goon has arrived yet. So the goon is arriving. And you know what? What a great lower mid-card guy. The goon! Yeah. You're not going to win anything. You're not going to win any titles. But yeah, so, you, you know, hand a W to Duke Drosy. Well, isn't the thing that they said that in 96, 97, WWF approached Chris Jericho and he's like, uh, I've seen the goon and me being Canadian. <laughs> oh, so he had a horrible fear that he'd be made the goon. Yeah. Been. So Alex Porto. Imagine Jericho is the goon. He would have made it work. There's, there are shots of Chris Jericho in an oversized hockey shirt. Yes. Where I can imagine him as the goon. Good. So he's the dragon. He's the dragon bride at the moment on the masked singer. Well, at the time of recording, he might be out by now. He's on the masked singer. Have you not I've seen this? Never watched that. I've seen people saying that's Chris Jericho, but I've not watched the clip. Have you not? Heard, yeah, but if you hear, it's funny if you hear him. Right. Yeah, it's like you that. know, you know, it's Chris Jericho. Yeah. Let me find. Let me find the clip because I feel like I feel like I want you to. <laughs> I want you to hear Jericho in the masked singer. The only thing I'm seeing about Porto. Is he was part of John Cena's army at WrestleMania 25? Was he? <laughs> Apparently so. No way. But then other bits about his career, but I wasn't. Um... Was he so in all the like in all those John Cenas? 
and all the ones where some of them are doing it slowly, some of them are really going for it with the Yukon Teamies. Apparently, but I, I'm not familiar with him. Like I said, Smothers and the Goon, I knew of, but well, that's and, mind blowing. And I know the name Dirty White Boy as well. Ah, which was something, Anthony. God, we're good. We're good, aren't we? <laughs> Tony Anthony, dirty white boy. I think we're bloody good. Is that a guy? Jericho, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Especially if at the end he goes, listen up, Junior. <laughs> at one point he does a really awful British accent going, hello there! Fuck's sake. Sounds a bit like Noddy Older. <laughs> <laughs> to all my genital attacks, <laughs> it's Almas. Uh, is that all the wrestling news for this week? Yes, but Tom, I've noticed that you've left a cup of tizer on this table. Oh, <laughs> who left a glass tizer on my wrestling table? All right, Aussie. Whoa, pigs! I found. I know what I meant to tell you the other day. Oh, we'll get to Raw in a minute. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I found another Mulligan and O'Hare album called Caravan Break, Caravan Park. Ooh. Where was Do you that? know about it? No. It's for the Mulligan O'Hare album. So I know the Onion Ring. Yeah, we know the Onion Ring. Pancake Day. Pancake Day. Um, Others. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was the... Uh, which is the one where they were rowing in a boat? I think, was that Pancake Day? Oh, where, where, he's re- where they're really close to each other in a small boat. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, there's another one I found, which, which I don't know. I don't remember the show that it was from. But there was, a, there was an album it called Caravan Park. Caravan Park. <laughs> I don't know whether you're familiar with it. That'll be the series they had the other year. Ah. See? I'll send you the link later. Just like wonderful intensity from Mulligan and O'Hare. As soon as I heard from Birmingham. As soon as I heard Matt Berry, I forgot they had that series. Did we? Yeah, was it? It was Vic Reeves, Vic and Bob's big night out for BBC. Because mm. they had the new Just from that. Because they always have a, a third character, don't they? And they just had a fellow who kept turning up saying he was Tom Cruise. He's like, we've got a pound. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, Tom. Yeah. Oh. F- Fuck, yeah. There you go. Caravan Park. O'Hare album. Uh, let's move to Monday Night Raw. I guess we It's about to. time, yeah. It's about time we do dip into the show. Right. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. We are straight in. No preamble. No, no, no. A little bit. We have the title card, obviously. But straight on with the Body Donners opening the show, making their way to the ring. Zip is in action against... <clears throat> Ahmed Johnson is back. The winner of the Q8 Cup. We'll hear a bit more about that later, I suppose. Mm, he got injured during the Q8 Cup, hence why his arm is all bandaged <laughs> up. Uh, congratulations to Ahmed, who beat Leif Cassidy. Uh, uh, sorry, no, he beat... I'll get that all right. He beat Aldo Montoya. He beat Steve Austin. He beat Owen Hart and Hunter Hearst Helmsley in a two-day tournament to become the Q80 Cup winner. Christ. Put over Armour Johnson. He beat Montoya. He beat, he beat a former ECW champion. He beat a former WWF champion. He beat a former Intercontinental champion and beat the owner of the WWE. I've just thought of another Probably match for Raw versus SmackDown. I'll go on. If he's 
Oh, he might not have. He won't have appeared yet in the podcast, but he'll be coming soon. Ahmed Johnson versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! God, sandbags anonymous. Ooh. So yeah, con- congratulations to Ahmed for winning the, the was it Q8 Cup? The Q8, Q8 Cup. Yeah, it was it was an all star tournament that mm. took place in Q8. So. Um, as well as Ahmed Johnson, uh, he faced Hunter Hearst Helmsley in the final, who beat Bushwhacker Butch. Yeah. Who, by the way, uh, has a, a kangaroo with him now, uh, which is a guy in a kangaroo costume played by Steve Lombardi. I don't think we'll see them on Raw, but that's the thing that's happening. Uh, he beat Savio Vega, and he beat The Undertaker Fuck to off. get to the final. There must have been shenanigans. There must have been shenanigans. Um, we also had Savio Vega and Bob Backlund in the opening round, British Bulldog and Duke Drosy. Undertaker and Isaac Yankum, nice bit of Undertaker Kane, Ahmed Montoya, as mentioned, Austin and Marty Gennetti, Owen Hart and Yokozuna, and Bret Hart and Leaf Cassidy. Savio Vega be Bob Buckland. <laughs> we had a Bret and Owen quarterfinal. The Q80 Cup was massive. Yeah. It's a belter of a tournament. Like, it like, has some heavy, like, such a hot mess of heavy hitters and Butch from the Bushwhackers. Yeah. <laughs> in amongst <laughs> with, it. With Steve Lombardi in a kangaroo suit. <laughs> yeah. When you first said he had a kangaroo, I was like, oh, poor thing. Oh, <laughs> just dragging a kangaroo out like but the pig on the Godwins that week. <laughs> then he said, it's Steve Lombardi. I was like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> Being dragged out. <laughs> no, I don't want to go. I want to be Abe Schwartz again. Uh, Sonny tries to oil up Ahmed Johnson backstage. And, oh, you missed a bit, love. Ahmed says, I don't mess with poison. My mama always said, take the trash out. Don't bring it in. His mama wouldn't like Sonny. She's she's a protective woman, is Mrs. Johnson. She really is. She'd beat your ass. Ahmed dominates. (laughs) I feel like she would say that. Yeah. (laughs) She'd beat your ass. Because that's what Ahmed would say. Boys! There it is. Yeah. Ahmed dominates. Uh, however, Sonny, out of upset that she's been dismissed by Ahmed Johnson, distracts the referee. <laughs> this allows Skip to swap out for Zip. Yeah. The referee hasn't got a fucking clue. I love shit twin magic. Yeah. Because they, they they look alike in the sense they've both got blonde hair and the same tights. Yeah. But their physiques are completely different. It's, it's like the way... Me and you look alike because we've got beards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, Twin magic. Oh, which oh. one's which? <laughs> um, yeah. Did you notice the cameraman getting right up Sonny's ass? Oh, as well? he was having the best day. <laughs> quite a few, uh, quite a few lascivious shots of Sonny throughout this one when she's banging on the apron. The camera's zooming in on her, uh, her yeah. breasts mainly. Uh, Skip's advantage is shut down by an electric chair drop and he gets dumped outside by Ahmed. They try and swap with Zip again, but the ref's like, no, Zip, you're not in this match. I'm like, you fucking was at the start, ref, but I guess that I guess they're only allowed one swap out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Better in, swap, that's what it was. It is pretty much what it was. Uh, in the confusion, Ahmed lands a spine buster on Skip and then a Pearl River plunge for the one, two, three. Jerry Lawler cries, even birthday boy Stevie Wonder could have seen that wasn't the right guy. Nice line. And uh, Sonny's livid because obviously Ahmed pins the wrong guy. Yeah. Which, with, if this is a thread they pull on next week, that's cool with me. Mm. Uh, we'll see whether they do. Uh, thoughts on your boy Ahmed getting a, a bright and breezy few minutes against the body donners. I mean, the twin magic was stupid, but Ahmed looked good. 
Mm. But when you've got Chris Candido and Dr. Tom Pritchard, it's hard not to look good. Yes, that's very um, true. The bit I liked, though, while, <laughs> while Skip was on the offense, he, fought, he hammered Ahmed's kidneys and Ahmed's lying down. He goes, oh, shit. I was like, go on, Ahmed. There's a few times that we'll catch up with him and he'll, and he'll drop a little swear word. Oh, yeah, he loves it. Oh, shit. But um, I, was what it was. It was fine. I just, like like we were saying before, they're bringing in lower mid carders to do the jobs as opposed to having one of your tag champs lose. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so. you'd, I'd rather you bring, yeah, the goon could have done this. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Who's this weird man wearing a very colorful Technicolor dream coat, <laughs> a baseball cap, and did he have glasses on? I think he had glasses he on. Did. He did. It was the most nice thing. He looked like... Comic Zone for the Sega. <laughs> Why is Comic Zone for the Sega in front of me? Wait, it's the ultimate fucking warrior in the most normal clothes. Eh? <laughs> in front of a screen showing clips of him wrestling. But how did he cut his promo? Was he talking about the warriors? Oh, no, 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 no. He was doing his inside voice. <laughs> It was so jarring. Any academic institutions can help you maintain a degree, but how many can help you fulfill a dream? If you have the deep felt desire to discipline yourself and make supreme sacrifice, the Warrior University could lead you to the WWF locker room. Of all the people on the roster to teach wrestling, why Warrior? <laughs> Here's Chris Candido and Tom Pritchard bouncing, getting bounced around by Ahmed Johnson. Oh, if only someone could teach people to wrestle. Chris, Tom, could you get Warrior for us? Yeah, yeah. He's 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 out the back screaming at a skull again. It's told us not to disturb him. This is like when Joey from Friends led an acting class. Um, this is one of those. This is that. This is a call for. 
the for like new talent basically. This goes with what they're saying about wanting to build a lower mid card. Yeah. Uh, they're basically opening a performance center. Well, they've kind of got one, but they're they're utilizing it more essentially. They want to have like training days at these performance centers with the, with Jim Helwig. <laughs> fucking Jim Helwig. What next? Bruce Hart running Stampede Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> what a funny time that would be. But it was so weird because, like you said, it, it was a coherent warrior. Mm. I'll show you that your dreams are going to do. And just talking, but like you said, in the most, what was normal clothing for Warrior, but could only be a 90s wrestler. He's the most, yeah, very 90s wrestlers, but a very normal Warrior. It was amazing. I saw it and I just went, oh, and I paused it and I went, Aiden, look at the Warrior. And he went, what's he wearing? <laughs> this is Warrior in his Sunday casuals. Yeah. Oh, you just caught me just oh. chilling out <laughs> by the pool, reading a book. And the book is just called, ah, <laughs> and he's only ever on page one. <laughs> um, back in the ring we go. Duke Drosy is here, as hyped last week. He's facing the man they call Vader. <laughs> did, did you hear what Vince called Vader? Um, no. I, I heard him say the man they call Yokozuna at one point. So Vader comes down and goes, Ah, oh, here comes a big load. A real big load. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looks like, all right, Vince. But is Vader doing doing fat camp at the moment, for lack of a better term? Ooh, maybe. Him and Yoko, I know, go together <laughs> and skip out. And, and this is true. This isn't us just being silly boys. Uh, Yokozuna and Vader both went to uh, a nutrition center to lose some weight. I want to say at Duke University. Possibly, yes, it was yeah. Duke University. Duke Nukem possibly. University. Duke Nukem University. <laughs> so that's what I worry University really. <laughs> Duke Nukem University. That would have been fucking better. Ready for action. I'd rather learn wrestling from Duke. <laughs> <laughs> All you do is just kick people in the face. <laughs> yeah. I once dated a pair of twins and I couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> Shake it, baby. <laughs> said, how could you tell them apart? And said, one of them had blue eyes and brown hair. The other had a cock. <laughs> <laughs> It's Friday afternoon. Friday, baby! <laughs> ah, it's a Monday you're listening. Ha ha! You got the week ahead. Um, Jim Cornette came out with the best line as they were talking about Yokozuna and Vader. Mm. We were going one-on-one in your house. Cornette says, it's going to be like two tanks meeting in the ring. Vader is a Sherman tank and Yokozuna's a septic tank. <laughs> That's just a funny line. It's good. I, I did like the fact as well that as soon as Cornette put on the headset... Jerry Lowe was like, ah, oh, I've got to have fun now. <laughs> now we play. <laughs> and they were great fun together. Uh, Duke actually gets some decent offense on Vader. Yeah. At one point, he sends him flying over the top rope. However, as Raw comes back from the break, Duke's getting battered. <laughs> the order is restored. Uh, our focus is on Yokozuna versus Vader for In Your House, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Duke fights back. Goes for a top rope splash and misses, which leaves him open for a scoop slam and a Vader bomb for the three. Corner is relieved. There were a few points in this match where Duke was starting to get the ball rolling and you could hear genuine panic in Cornette's voice. Yeah. And little things like that do well to establish a talent, even in loss. Like where Cornette is suddenly a bit like, what's the, you know? Yeah, exactly. What? what? Come on, Vader! Quick! Yeah. Like, I love that. It's yeah. simple. Yeah, it's, it's an easy way of putting... It's Duke Drozzi at the end of the day. Yeah. But to 
the casual fan, they'd be like, oh, he, he, he had a go with Vader last week. Let's see what he can do now against fucking, I don't know, Aldo Montoya. <laughs> Uh, what do you think of this match? I thought it was pretty. It was fair to middling, not very, not massively exciting. I was quite happy with the amount of offense that Duke got in, but obviously Vader had to win. I felt it went a bit too long. Vader should be demolishing him mm. if he's got to take on. At one point, he slapped on like a rear chin lock. He put a rest hold on Duke Drosen. He's like, "Why are you slowing it down, Vader?" I wonder whether this again, because it's it's so funny that you mentioned how like they're on the lookout for a lower mid card. Yeah, and there's that thing where you know people have got to rack up the wins, but they don't want to yeah. bury anybody too deep. And I think you know, obviously, if Duke had been run over here, he'd have recovered. But I guess making him look somewhat competitive yeah, wasn't the worst thing. But yeah, like but if the goon was on the card, the goon, fine match, but a little too long for me. And mm. um, as they're running down the raw for next week, Jerry Lawler says, "Oh, this week I've got a surprise for Shawn Michaels. Mister Perfect is in the house. Mm. Whatever that means. I wonder what that does mean. We'll see." <laughs> um, out comes the Undertaker, uh, him, Paul Bearer, and the custom gold dust casket. Uh, Vince McMahon is conducting the interview here. And asks how Undertaker will combat the bizarre gold dust. Taker says, "You want to talk to us about bizarre?" They've got like a nice long shot of Paul Bearer, the Undertaker, and the gold casket. And I went, "Yeah, that's fair." <laughs> he promises to immortalize gold dust in his custom casket, and then out comes gold dust. No music. He just makes his way to the ring. He stands face to face with Undertaker. You forget how fucking tall dust he's is. He's a big boy, and he's a big boy. He quotes the movie Tombstone and then starts flirting with the tall, dark, clammy, stiff Undertaker. <laughs> there was a line Goldust said, and I don't know how he got away with it. Was it, um, you can lay me in that coffin anytime? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> you can lay me anytime. I was like, all right, Goldust. <laughs> what cologne is that? Is that embalming fluid number five? <laughs> King was like, classic. <laughs> he then starts groping Undertaker's hands and locks them together and stares deeply into his eyes, asking if he knows what rigor mortis is, saying it makes things hard. Undertaker then bends Goldust's fingers back uh, and takes him to the ground. And you suddenly hear Paul Bearer going, Marlock! It's because Mankind is charging to the ring. Yeah. Mankind takes Undertaker out, boom, back of the head, and then puts the mandible claw on the Undertaker. And Undertaker's out. After yeah. just a couple of seconds in the claw, Taker's out. The power of this mandible claw, man, just took out the Undertaker. Yes, boss. I noticed his hand was bandaged as well, so he definitely cut his hand last week against Barkon. Yeah, because these tapings are like one yeah, after yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely taped up because of that. Uh, Undertaker is out cold and Goldust stands over the Undertaker. And he takes off his robe. He reveals the gold Intercontinental Championship, which is always, it just looks great. Uh, he then he then, he then straddles the Undertaker. <laughs> he's, oh, he's so good. And pins him in a very provocative way. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker shows life and Goldust fucking legs it. <laughs> See you at the pay-per-view, lads. Got a quick note on the Observer about this segment. Go on. The oldest Undertaker angle was toned down greatly on television. <laughs> this wasn't even its final form. They did a major jump cut when Golda started licking up the Undertaker's thigh, right to the point where Undertaker stood up. 
They also shot the camera angles to not make it look so much like Goldust was <laughs> was pouncing on him, although it still looked that way. Yeah. Commentary toned it down by playing as playing it off as if it was psychological games rather than advances of mm. a sexual nature. So it was toned. This was toned down. <laughs> this was far sexier. <laughs> this yeah. There was two things I really liked about this. Um, I liked because. Mankind's got the mandible claw on him, and Goldust kind of calms him down. Mm, there's like I, a mummy nature to him. And I like the idea of it. I'm not sure if it'll go anywhere, but I like the idea of them being like kindred spirits from different sides of the coin, if you know what I mean. They do kind of, they, they do unite in a very casual way. Yeah. I don't know how, and I'll be interested to see how much they lean into it. Yeah. But they do, you know, as, we, as the weeks will come, as will come, they will sort of be in a similar circle together. I, I like it. Well, that's the thing I like, which I don't think... I think WE are getting better at it. Um, casual alliances. Yeah, You don't have to be in a stable, but you've got a bit of history and you help each other. I like the fact that Goldust didn't come out of his music. I miss that about wrestling. Mm. Someone just walking down. But the other bit I liked is, again, to that bit where Goldust calming down Mankind. There's just a shot, and you've got Mankind, Goldust, and Undertaker. And I'm just like, we're at the end of the new generation now. Yeah. We're leaving. Yeah. We are leaving. The but, train is leaving. But I thought this was, I thought this was a good segment. At first, I thought, oh, it's dragging on a bit. You know, Undertaker saying his usual stuff about, you know, you know, spooky boys and Dracula and stuff like that. <laughs> Dracula. Yeah. Um, but yeah, considering that this angle came out of nowhere, but now that mankind's in it, it's like okay, it it, it makes sense now. Mm. I, I yeah, I like the pairing. I yeah. Do. Uh, back in the ring, Aldo Montoya, who still inexplicably has pyro. Bless Amazing. him. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing pyro. Uh, he's in there against Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Good luck, Aldo. Yeah. <laughs> All the best, mate. And Tim Bradshaw on telly for on Raw for a while. I think. Been racking up some stuff on superstars. Is this only his second raw appearance? Second it, or third? I think it, I think maybe might even be his second. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the last time we talked about Justin Hort Bradshaw, there was a big fact find on him. So I'm pretty sure this might be the second time we've yeah. seen him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Zebekiah uh, and Jerry Lawless shake hands. Nice to meet you. The two that feuded in Memphis for years. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I see, yeah. I see, yeah. Uh, Zebekiah is uh, in Justin Hort Bradshaw's corner. What a great combo. Yeah. Great well. combo. Works yeah, well. it does. Uh, he says the WWF locker room are afraid to face Justin Hawks Bradshaw, name dropping Shawn Michaels, Yokozuna, and Vader. Uh, whilst he is bigging up uh, Bradshaw on commentary, Bradshaw's taking care of business in the ring. Big heavy strikes, power bomb, weirdly a standing sent on. That really didn't fit his repertoire. I don't know if Aldo Montoya was just doing a good job or if Bradshaw just laid it in on him, but he fucking screamed in pain after the powerbomb and the sense. I was like, ah! <laughs> I was like, I can imagine John Layfield being a bit of an arse and putting all his weight into poor Justin Credible's ribs. Really? Surely not. <laughs> I, I know he seems like such a calm and measured man. He's such a calm and measured human being. He has a catchphrase. Did you pick up Bradshaw's catchphrase? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> is, it <laughs> is it his catchphrase or is it Stan Hansen's? I think it's Stan Hansen's. Isn't yeah. it? He's a bit of a, a Stan Hansen cosplay at this point. Yeah. He's, he's a, we've got Stan Hansen at home yeah. at the moment. It's Justin Hope Bradshaw. Uh, an interesting line from Zebekiah, which I think I'm, I'm kind of sad that it was a thread that we didn't pull on as much. When you step into Bradshaw County, there is no law. Hmm. 
hinting at like 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 the idea of like Bradshaw County <laughs> being like you know how wrestlers will have like oh, I'm not I don't say make it his location from Bradshaw County like parts unknown parts no I'm not even parts unknown you know how like you'll have a wrestler that like Drew McIntyre who had Scotland no no there was he had Claymore Country right in, Suplex in, City and... Suplex City Claymore Country. Bradshaw County. Yeah. Like, I like that idea of like this in this. You can use it in promos. Yeah. Invite wrestlers to step into Bradshaw County. Ooh. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Compare yeah. trip to Bradshaw County. Yeah. You won't make it out alive. Like, that's it. Where, where everyone just plays shit practical jokes and does stocks and shares. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bradshaw. You can buy loads of cigars. Yeah. Everyone likes Bradshaw County. But I never, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard it in years, and I, I, this is the first time I've heard it. I don't know how often it will get used. I hope it gets used a lot. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it, Bradshaw County. Um, Bradshaw hurls Montoya into the corner. The ring fucking moves. Bradshaw's fucking rough. Yeah, he is. He's a bastard. The briefest of flurries from Montoya ends with Justin landing a big old boot, and then the, uh, an embryonic clothesline from hell yeah. for the three. He doesn't go down with him. He takes his head off, carries on running, and then we cut back. And he's kind of doing this sort of weird sort of like he's posing on a rock <laughs> pinfall with the with the horns in the air. <laughs> weird fucking mooing. <laughs> uh, Zebakai gets into the ring and brands Montoya. I like that as a gimmick. I like the branding thing. It's just yeah. like a, it's like you know when you it's as a, a stamp in it. It's yeah, as a kid when you used to do that thing as a kid when your mum you and your mum would like cut a potato in half. And then you make a little pattern in the potato, and you get a bit of paint on it, and you make potato stamps. Still do it? You still do it? Yeah. yeah. If you do it, classic gold <laughs> It's basically what this is. I wish they had just cut a potato in the ring. And just... Get that, Montoya! Oh, potato, you, you bastard. Come to Bradshaw County, where <laughs> potatoes are well cheap. Drinks are free. Yeah. In Bradshaw County, drinks are free. There's free parking, and the council tax rate's low. And, uh, we get a video package about Kuwait coming soon to Raw. Uh, being saved by the United Nations in Operation Desert Storm. It's a really weird juxtaposition, and, I, and, and I'm not going to get too much into the political nature of it, but it's like Vince McMahon saying, what a successful trip Operation Desert Storm was. We celebrate the freedom of Kuwait. As he's saying that, we're just getting this shot of this burnt-out, shot-down living room. Yeah, And I'm like, this, this imagery isn't like... This doesn't... Scream successful. Like, whether it was or not, if you weren't successful, you'd have loads of people cheering, which they did later on. But as he was saying it, I was like, this is <sighs> matching up with what Vince is saying. Yeah, because like like you said, he it's Vince being very America because he's he's a very patriotic man. So if anyone was going to do the voiceover for this, it was Vince. It had to be Vince. But then, like you said, the next bit, it, it, it shows about the Q8 tour and all the crowds and everything and... It's good PR, and I do like stuff like this. It is PR at the end of it's the day. It's PR. But still, why not? Fuck yeah. it. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, Shawn Michaels uh, is talking. He says that the first form of sports that Q8 wanted to see, apparently, was the WWF. Mm. So that's nice to see. Uh, we then get uh, a segment. Oh, why is it? Why is it, Jack Atkins, that... Everything the bulldog does is just fucking funny. It's amazing. It's just funny. And I feel for him because he's trying to, <laughs> to like really send a message of intimidation. 
I laugh every time he's on the screen. Is it because he's from Wigan? It might be the Wigan thing. If he was exactly the same, looked the same, had the same diction, but was from Alabama, I don't think it'd be as funny. It wouldn't be as funny. I think it's because he's from Wigan and because he's not completely comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. And you can tell. So, Shawn Michaels, in the midst of a sexual misconduct storyline, is chatting up women at the beach. Perfect. He gets jumped from behind by the British Bulldog. Who's <laughs> in his speedos? Only his speedos. No Barefoot sens- in his speedos. No sensible walking shoes. <laughs> like he's been for a swim and then gone, oh, I'm going to go beat up Sean. Just sitting there reading the sports <laughs> section of the Daily Star. He goes, <laughs> I'm gone, that's Michael's. <laughs> I wish we'd have seen that bit where he looks down from the Daily Star. Michaels! <laughs> but he's half a mile down the beach and he's trying to run it in sand, so it's taken him <laughs> 15 minutes to get there. Bulldog in his trunks jumps Sean and tries to drown him in the sea. <laughs> the last breath you'll take in America's are in your nose. Yeah. Drowning him. Cameraman's just watching, filming. Yeah, witnesses are watching this. Attempted murder. <laughs> and it's not like he completes it. Yeah. He tries to do it. And then it's like he gets bored because he, he walks off. But because the waves are quite strong, he's having to do a little sprint. But And he sprints off of the beach. But once you saw that on the beach, you've got you've just got a man the size of a horse <laughs> with sensible hair. <laughs> Babbling incoherently about a sexy man trying to pull his wife. <laughs> I'll drown you! <laughs> Makes a half-hearted effort to drown him and then just leaves. Um, <laughs> if, if, if you'd like to see my notes, my thoughts on this. Thoughts? Okay, I'll, I'll read you Jack Atkins' notes. In bold, in bold, thoughts, fucking yes. Amazing. <laughs> Wasn't it great? Amazing. Bulldog, just, just amazing. <laughs> Everything he does is just funny. He's fantastic. He's great. As a kid, I thought British Bulldog, yeah, he's 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 all right. You know, when you're a little kid and you just you like the goodies and all that. Looking back on it, I love Davy Boy Smith. We have a whole new appreciation because it's going back and watching the British Bulldog stuff, and he's a wrestler. Mm. He can go, but just the fact that to try and bridge the gap to the sports entertainment side of it, it's the sports entertainment side of Bulldog that I love. That's the best thing, isn't it? The last time that he was on a beach for a bit was with Sting, Vader, and Sid Vicious in WCW. I know the bit. (laughs) Where where Sid and Vader are in full gear and trainers. (laughs) That boat explodes. It's so good. Great. It's cooking. <laughs> that boat. <is> cooking. <laughs> Harley Race. <laughs> cooking. <laughs> boat King. <laughs> Go on, Davis. Pedal or wire. Yeah. Two pounds. Don't forget raffle. Get the ice cream there, 99, 99 bone for an ice cream. I'll milk the cow, froze, froze the cow first, so just milk's pure ice cream. You want a flake, you flaking sauce. Where am I? <laughs> Which everybody's gone by this point. The boat has burnt down. It's night. It's chilly now. Weird. Oh, why is it cold on beach? It's meant to be warm on holiday. Oh, I miss my wife, Tails. Uh, 
relationship to the um, Smith family came up again in the office today, didn't it? Yeah. Because um, Fraser was just looking through um, our Twitter feed. By the time this episode comes out, Twitter might not even exist anymore. That's true, actually, yeah. But we were just going through, and he's like, oh, we're followed by this wrestler, that wrestler. We've interacted with them. They're a friend. I just went, the Smiths aren't following us, are they? Oh, my God. And luckily, they're not. Oh, my God. And if you're hearing this, don't rat us out. Please don't rat us out. Because my God, if I ever met Georgia Hart or D. H. Smith or Diana, I'm sure they're lovely people, and I'd want to be like, do you know what? Great fan of your family, etc. You but your dad's really funny. <laughs> yeah, the little devil on my shoulder be like, ah, bulldog though. Funny, isn't he? Tell him about tell him about Donna Meat King. And like, shut up. Having shut to, up. Having to, the thought, the thought of having to sit opposite David Hart Smith. And explain all the the memes of Bulldog. Yeah, I I genuinely think if anyone's got a bullet with my name on, it's David Hartsmith. Yeah, <laughs> taking the piss out of his dad all these years, <laughs> his beloved father. And you know what? <laughs> Fair. Yeah. If I'm gonna go in any way in fashion, let me get my affairs in order is all I ask, and then then I'm fine. He's got the gun to your head. Yeah. I run behind you. I'm just like, no. go on, take, take us both. <laughs> Get one. How about we all use one bullet? It goes down the line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take us both at the same time. Math deserves a bit of collateral, though. I'll just, just... <laughs> he deserves a bit of shrapnel. Yeah, he'll probably get a bit of my brain in his mouth. <laughs> He's the one that said Bulldog like a pepperabi in 2000. So he deserves a bit of brain in your mouth, from your brain in his mouth. I just said that he's an entre- entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> That's all <what> I said. <laughs> oh, don't you leave me alone. Don't you back off. You're with me. You're with me with a bullet a minute ago. Now you're selling me down the river. I've changed my mind. <laughs> I've decided I've, I want to live. I've remembered that the day this episode goes out is my birthday. Oh! So, so my birthday wish is that I don't get executed by the Smith family. <laughs> well, happy birthday. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> uh, it's main event o'clock, birthday boy. Yes, it is. It's main event o'clock. It's Shawn Michaels versus Horace Townsley. The click. Ah, uh, in our main event. Look at that. And I looked up. This is the first ever televised singles bout between Sean and Trips. Wow, the first one ever. Ever televised. I think they've done bits and bobs on house shows, obviously, but first one on any form of TV. Blind. There we go. There you go. The, the DX union begins here. Uh, Shawn Michaels heads to the ring with Jose Lothario. Uh, a slightly uh, larger lady is in the crowd. Uh, the camera cuts to her, and Shawn My- and Jerry Lawler says, "Would Shawn Michaels even hit on her?" I thought it was a bit mean. Something I noticed: HBK gets in the ring, does the pose. He's got the in-ring pyro. I think this is the first time he's had the in-ring. The oh, from the floor, yeah. Because it went back to the last in your house, and obviously he just attacks Diesel on the floor, and they go straight at it. And as far as I'm concerned, and before that was WrestleMania, he ziplined down, and before that, I don't think he's ever had the the in-ring pyro before. I think this is the first. I think you're right. Yeah. I think this is the birth of the spooty pyro. Yeah. Nice. Mm. DX wrestled to start with Helmsley starting strong. Uh, he under, he, uh, Shawn Michaels ends up undoing his ponytail uh, because Helmsley gets a bit of wrestling one-upmanship upon him. He means business to Sean. Uh, he returns the wrestling favour after the break and takes the lead in the match. Uh, Sean heads ringside and, amid allegations of sexual misconduct, starts flirting with Hunter Hearst Helmsley's valet, Amy Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> Is there no 
self-awareness here. Like, if you were under, if you were, have any allegations against being a, a, a philanderer and a fornicator, you wouldn't flirt with everyone you see. You'd keep a low profile, wouldn't you? You would do, wouldn't you? Mm. You would do. Uh, Hunter gets back into the ring. Uh, sorry, Sean gets back into the ring and he puts Hunter in a hangman's headlock. So, like, Hunter's hanging over the ropes. Yeah. And Sean's got him in a headlock. And the ref's saying, you've got to let him go because his feet are on the ropes. So, Sean goes, all right. Let's him go. And Hunter just drops face first onto the mat, smashing his prominent proboscis. Great comedy spot. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. The offense then becomes Sean working over Hunter's nose. <laughs> That's a gag that we have for a long time until Sean misses a corner attack and gets dumped to the outside. Uh, as Helmsley takes the lead, Mr. Perfect appears on the ramp. In a massive suit. Massive suit? Like David Byrne from Talking Heads. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Perfect was actually flown in to uh, WWF. I believe it was, was it a live event? Let me double check my notes here. Uh, it might have been some live events over the weekend, according to the Observer, because hmm. uh, Golders still has a knee injury. Uh, Jerry Lawler and Mr. Perfect were flown out to work live events this weekend. Jerry Lawler beat Razor Ramon in a semi-main event with Mr. Perfect working as a heel referee for the match. Because mm. going to say he can't wrestle because of Lloyd to London, can he? He can't wrestle, but he can certainly uh, he can certainly referee. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Uh, Sean works over, as you say. Uh, Sean's comeback starts by countering a backdrop into the ring with a cross body, uh, which I thought was a nice spot as Hunter's bringing him over the top rope. Sean sort of reverses his momentum. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. Body sim, I thought was a nice little bit. Uh, Helmsy shuts that down very quickly. These two have a bit of a rep. For, oh, easy, Tiger. As uh, me smashing my microphone. <laughs> These two have a bit of a rep for going sometimes needlessly long in matches. Hmm. You know, I think I, I believe the longest match they had, I think, was fifty-one minutes. Wow. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was a three. There was a Hell in a Cell match at Bad Blood 2004. So I'm sure closed in on an hour. Oh, God. And then you had like those three stages of Hell Match in 2002, which I think was about three quarters of an hour. Uh, they have a, a thing where they, they have to kind of go almost Broadway yeah. where they can. And those fingerprints are all over NXT, like the black and gold era of NXT, where yeah. you'd have like Gargano and Champ and Gargano and Cole have those like 55 minute kick out super thons, shows yeah. kick out of thons and this kind of feels like an early version of that because they feel, I feel like they they go the distance in this match oh, they, yeah. they, we get a long main event um, very keeping for them Sean powers up from a headlock turns a pedigree into a corner slingshot which is a very popular Hunter Hussamsey spot lands a diving forearm counters a power bomb from Hunter with a lovely hurricane rana in, yeah but trips rolls it through into a pin yes he turns it sunset flip style yeah and gets a two. Really lovely work between these two. Final pedigree attempt, and it's countered with a backdrop. And then a sweet chin music is wound up and executed. One, two, three, we are done. Mm. Mr. Perfect's gone. He's gone. He just, just popped by and the left. Then, yeah. He just goes, yeah. right, so, yeah. Yeah, that's Sean. Yeah. Uh, as Sean Michaels is celebrating in the ring, JR is backstage catching up with Jim Cornette, Diana Hartsmith, and the British Bulldog. It's a picture in picture. Bulldog's got Jake Roberts on Raw next week. Shawn Michaels will be on commentary. Bulldog says, you better not be on commentary. He has trouble saying colour commentary. Quote Bulldog. I may not, it may not come to in your house. It may come next week when I face Jake Roberts. He asks if he's afraid of snakes. He says, I'm not afraid of snakes. You can take your 20-foot python. Shawn Michaels, 
better be afraid of the British Bulldog. <laughs> and what I liked was Diana was staring a bulldog with lust in her eyes. And after you saying it last week, I'm on board. I kind of fancy Diana Hartsmith. Yeah, there's something about her, isn't there? Yeah. There's a magic. There's a magic about her. Is that, is that just deadness? <laughs> Something about the woman that's dead behind the eyes. Something about the way yeah. you look tonight yeah. takes no breath away. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Davy Boy Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it was a time. No, we won't see Elton John with David Boy Smith, but we you think about it in your mind's eye. Uh, and Raw closes with Sean having a little pose. Yeah. See you both at in, see you both next week because Jake and Bulldog is the main event and Sean's on commentary. Ooh. What a treat. Uh your thoughts on the main event? Good main event. Um Triple H made Sean look good. Sean made Triple H look good. Oh, yeah. Who'd have thunk? Shined him right up nice. They looked really good. There was some nice a really nice spot that I liked in this was there was a bit where when Sean was working over Triple H's nose, he was pulling him in off the apron. Like you said, yeah, dropped him the flat bump. There was other bits where he's pulling on his nose. There was the bit where he skinned the cat to get back in the ring just because. And I'm just like, he is... For all the shit I give Shawn Michaels, he is very good. He's I've never said good. I've never said he's not good. <laughs> but this was, yeah, a really good main event. Like you said, a bit indulgent. But... Fuck it. It's a wrestling show. Have yeah. wrestling on a wrestling show. Yeah. So I was fine with this as a main event. Uh, Raw in general, I thought was a bit of a... Uh, it was, well, do you know what? It was nice seeing new characters. I think you mentioned that when you said we had that shot of Undertaker, Mankind, and Goldust. This very much felt like yeah. the new generation is done, and yep. this is something new. Yeah, because I felt the the shows after Good Friends, Better Agnog, they've been... <laughs> And this is from the same set of tapings. The Iowa crowd hasn't been the best. They were really awake for Sean versus Trips, mm. as you'd hope. Um, but this this week, it felt a bit up and down. But actually going back over it, I can't think what the down parts were. Because you got Ultimate Warrior trying to fleece people out of money. <laughs> Davey Boy Smith trying to drown someone in Kuwait. <laughs> um, Goldust trying to have sex with a corpse. <laughs> and it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It it's all our favorite stuff. And what I always say, it's momentum. It's building stuff. You've got the body dogs getting squashed. Who cares about them, unfortunately? But you've got the gold dust, mankind, Undertaker stuff's ticking over. You've got Vader, Yokozuna, that's ticking over because we've got Beware of Dog soon. And of course, Beware of the Dog himself. Oh. So, yeah, it, it, it did its job this week. Yeah. It was a serviceable episode of Monday Night Raw. Yes, On it the was. road to In Your House, Beware of Egg. Um, so I take uh, all that's left to say is happy birthday to Jackie Orlando on well, the day that this podcast goes out it is indeed your birthday it should be yeah. yes uh, what are your plans on this particular day on my day nothing nothing my birthday I'm very weirdly precious about my birthday and I always have been mm -hmm. it's the one day of the or the one time of the year around my birthday where even if you said to me oh I'm going in for surgery tomorrow can you come make sure I'm alright and I'll be like it's all about me. Nice. One of my friends got married the day after my birthday once. And so and <laughs> on the twenty first of November, same day as Bjork and Goldie Horn, they had a <laughs> rehearsal dinner. I was like, What what's going on today? He's like rehearsal dinner. I was like And, and they're like, Oh you just, you know, we'll hang out. I was like, Do I get a say? It's your wedding. <laughs> but it's my birthday. <laughs> 
So <laughs> I want a bit of smoke blowing up my ass. <laughs> they got married on the 22nd. In this, um, but back home, because we were, we were in America for this, back home, another one of my mates his, had his first child on the 22nd. He texted saying, little Bobby, born, blah, 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 blah. And I replied saying, congratulations. And fantastic that he wasn't born on the 21st, because if he was, I'd fly back over right now and punch all three of you in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I've just... Ever since I was little, I've always shared my birthday. I share it with my cousin. Then when I got to primary school, I shared it with someone in my class and someone in my class's mother. It's just one of those days that, like, we're Valentine's babies. There's lots of babies around mm. the end of November. And like I was saying to you the other week, I figured out that my the weekend of my birthday, there's always something going on. Because if anyone wants to celebrate anything the last third of the year, they wait till Halloween's out of the way. The weekend after that, it's bonfire night. The weekend after that is free. And then after that, it's Christmas. So there's always stuff going on. There's always stuff happening, isn't yeah. there? There's always stuff happening. Yeah. But today is your birthday and your special day. And yeah, and I, I'm, alone. I'm, I'm, yeah I'm doing very little. I think we're going to... The plan is to go to the Butterfly Cabinet for breakfast in Heaton because it's very nice. Ooh. And then I'm also off the Tuesday and the Wednesday. Tuesday, I'm getting some tattoos. And the Wednesday, I'm just taking as a day off because I'm working full gear on the Saturday before. Because I volunteered to do that. I was like, ah, I'm just going to be off anyway. Might as well. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what have you got in the pipeline? Uh, oh, oh, gosh. By, by the time this goes out, who knows? Um, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, there's been loads of good stuff on the podcast feed. Maybe go back and listen to some of the older stuff. Mm. Uh, we had a chat with Anthony Gogo a little while ago. Oh, uh, go, go. the talk of the office this morning. Oh, that boy. What a, what a, what a chat that was. Yeah. <laughs> you may have said an article doing the round saying that Anthony Ogogo says that he got a stiffy thinking about AEW coming to the UK. <laughs> genuinely said that. The boy genuinely said that. <laughs> Not Puppet Jack, though. The boy who has been, if you watch the Patreon feed, has been sat with us the whole episode. I just came yeah. in and he was here and I was like, oh, uh, I haven't ever been properly introduced to the little... It does look like Jack, doesn't it? It does look just like him. I don't look just like him. <laughs> who said that then? Uh, so who knows what's on the podcast feed, but thank you for subscribing. You'll know as soon as we do. Mm. And until we are next back together, email us, classic at cultaholic.com. He is at birthday boy, uh, at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. If Twitter still exists. If Twitter still exists. He is at Brat Atkins on Mastodon. I'm at Tom Campbell on Mastodon. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Mastodon. <laughs> Don't forget to join us. I love you. I love you. I love you, <laughs> Don't know what voice that was. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 